when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? We are back with day three of our holiday. You got a, you got a noun this time, Kata? We got a new one? Shit. Um, you already did Jamboree. You already, already did Jamboree. So you blew through them last threw, time. Yeah, shit. That was, um, that was your mistake right there. We're picking up from our list of, ga- of 2020 games, the games of, the, of 2020, walking through the list. We are running late. Could you believe it? The last <laughs> podcast we did was longer than intended. Whoops. I'm Austin Walker. Joining me, Kato. Uh, best bet. Gaming fet. What? Shindig. Oh, that- Shindig. <laughs> okay, great. You're Shindig at is- oh, wow. You're, you're, you're finding more words. Yeah. For- <laughs> okay. Keita Jackson's here. Hello, I'm also here. Patrick Klepek. Hello. And Rob Zachney. Happy to be at this gaming debutante ball. There it is. Junk <laughs> it. Finally have arrived. Junk it. <laughs> Uh, that's not right. That's not the same. That's not right. <laughs> it's under thesaurus uh, for uh, jamboree. Well, at a certain point, maybe you know what? It, you yeah. know, six hours in, you're like, ah, yeah. This you know, feels it's like a fucking junket. junket. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Deep Rock Galactic came out of early access. That game's cool. We're in May. We're in May now. That's all. That's, yeah. We played that game yeah. during the the save fun. point this year. That was fun. That was I'm fun. trying that's to remember fun. when I had COVID nineteen. Not it's right around here, right? Yeah, no, right around early, here. I so I don't know how useful I will be at this part. I was mostly asleep. <laughs> oh, right. Maybe you had it in April. I don't remember. I thought you yeah. were like in like, April, April also, like May and April don't really, I don't really remember them. I will be very honest. Fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely fair. Did um, anyone actually play John Wick Hex? Did anyone get I played the, that. Yeah. Nope. It's that good. was last year. Was no. like, that was a, a release? It? No, yeah, it's a Windows release. last year. Yep. This is a re-release. Yes. Oh. Otherwise, Deep Rock Galactic it. formally came out. Is that it? Is that real? Yeah. That. No, yeah. I, we just talked about it. We just said we played it during Save Point, <laughs> and that it was good. Rob, are you okay? <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted by Twitter mentions. Rob's <laughs> having yeah, a, sh- a, a shindig. Rob, oh, Rob's <laughs> having a shindig. I see. Okay, that makes Super sense. Super Mega Baseball. I never got yeah. a chance to play that version of it. Three. But it keeps coming out. And you know what? We love that. <laughs> good, good job. <laughs> I keep doing it. Keep it moving. Uh, those Mafia 2 remakes. Hatsune Miku. Cool. Project D. Wait, or, there's or, something or definitive. Before the Mafia remakes, there's one thing I do want to oh, mention. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Golf with your friends. Yeah. That game is absolutely... It's like I mean... It needed if it came out a little bit deeper into quarantine when people by the time people really realized they were not going to be leaving their homes yeah. meaningfully, I would have hit a lot harder. I we think. were still it's in a, that Animal Crossing period, of course. Yeah, if yeah. this had hit summer, maybe it would have blown up. Yeah, it's a very very fun golfing game where you're all playing these wacky mini golf levels, but literally like you are all playing with your friends all at the same time, and it's just chaos. It's so that much fun. Sounds fun. That sounds great. I love that. Um, I hold on. 
It's, okay, so I clicked on the Wikipedia entry for Golf with Your Friends. And I was just looking at it. I was like, oh, I remember that game. Uh-huh, and then I yeah. was looking at the references. <clears throat> we got for the fourth reference. We got an article called Premature Evaluation, Golf with Friends by Rob Zachney, written uh, February 22, 22nd, 2016. What? Rob, what did you think of Golf with Friends? Uh, let me see what your conclusion is. Golf with Friends isn't even a month old, and it's already a lot of fun. If you can put up with the annoyances of its rough edges, it's extremely rough. Like <laughs> I will, I yeah, will say okay. that. I mean, yeah, it like was early access for a while, huh? Damn. Yeah, it was four years. Yeah. Wow, that's very. That's funny. a long early access period. That yeah. is a long early. Like access to the point period. where I didn't put together like that. This was a game I played. Like people were like, "Oh, it's so good." I was like, "Didn't." I was like, "I've never seen this game in my life." That's welcome to fucking game journalism. Yeah. I definitely had seen people uh, play this, like like streamers or something, just play this randomly in a way where I like, yeah. didn't realize it was still in early access like a year or so ago. And then it came out. I was like, oh, shit. I guess that was not done. But now it is. Or, you know, 1.0, mm-hmm. whatever that really means anymore. <laughs> um, the, the big one for me this month, Umarangi Generation. I cannot... Say say things about this game because it's <laughs> yeah. I can ask questions. Hmm. So hey, uh, Patrick, what did you think about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. R- refer to a, refer to a recent uh, podcast. I mean, like you only have to go back like a week and a half to. Uh, I haven't played the DLC yet. I'm going to do that <sighs> yeah. um, soon. Um, I know. I wanted to give myself like two weeks before. Uh, like I went back into like the the for, you know the the mix on that that game again, but now I feel like I've had enough distance that I'm anxious to see um, what they do. All I remember is I, I vaguely remember you caught at one point being like interesting things with the timeline, which now as someone invested in uh, not the plot but like the world building yeah. of uh, Murangi, I am curious to know what that um, what that what that what that means. Uh, yeah, Umarangi, it's it's it is it is one of the most unique experiences. You would you will have this year, even if the game doesn't click for you. Like it didn't click for me in the way it clicked for Austin and Kato, just <laughs> mostly because mechanically, I it's just not my thing. But I, I, you know, it is it is still worth poking around at that game for the surely surely for the world building. What is surely for if if only we, to, if only to find out the premise and then go oh yeah. okay yeah um, uh-huh. <laughs> like that part is just a, a joy. What is your favorite Umarangi generation level? Which one? Um, I think I mentioned it on that. It was, it's the train. Like okay. the train was yeah, yeah, my train was my favorite. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because and it was you know part of that was one. I think it's really well designed, and two, it's because it uh focused in and uh got away some of the 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 rough parts that I found in other levels where it's I was felt myself scrambling. You move really slow in that game, and so it's like oh I don't know where this thing is. Guess I'm gonna go poke around this other area and slowly trod over there and like being in the train and having everything in the first, the first level is one of my favorites too. Like where you just have this small little hangout area. There's a little bit of verticality to it. Um, but there's like, I liked the areas that were dense, which is like, here is a small space um, in which figuring out even what you had to look for was a puzzle in and of itself. Um, because you weren't, it's like, it's here. Like it's fucking like whatever they're telling me to take a picture. I'm like, I know it's right in front of me and I can't find it. Um, and figuring that out, um, was fun. Actually, some of the the, the the joyous moments was um when you would accidentally I'd take a picture of like 
you know, I'd set it up for a shot of like one thing and I'd get multiple objectives in a single shot unintentionally. And I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, what, what did I, like, which, which objective did I just uh, get in that second photo or that first photo? Um, but, um, and then figuring out exactly what you'd accidentally stumbled into, like accidentally taking a picture, picture of like seven ducks or, or whatever. Um. I also think this game is good. <laughs> so it's not your number one then because you said a definitive thing. No, I mean, I there's three games on here that I'm not going to talk about because I can't decide which one is going to be that high up in my list. Gotcha. I that like makes it. Sense. Look at that. that yeah. That's good. That's, that's smart. That's I'm, I'm doing. I'm, I'm probably doing similar hedging. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a good idea. All right. Well, Maybe we can keep moving games. then. We'll talk some some more about Umarangi <laughs> in another episode. Yeah. Um. I mean, just real quick. Crucible was a free-to-play multiplayer third-person shooter that released what? in May. What? Crucible? The yeah, Crucible player mode in Crucible. Destiny? Did that already close? Oh, uh, the fucking Amazon Relentless game! Studios the Amazon game. It's, oh. it's done. It would be yeah. discontinued in one month. So basically, it's done. Like a, like a month ago. Grand yeah. opening. Grand closing. Grand closing. Uh-huh. Is there a, a more bizarre no studio <laughs> than... Than Amazon, I think they're fascinating because it's an indication of like why large companies can't do small cool things, like the the by and like the scale of resources they've been able to bring to bear on Amazon Game Studio are not small, but by Amazon standards they are, and it just turns into a shambolic shit show because like there is no vision <laughs> or real reason for this stuff to exist, nor is it. Being nor nor are decisions I think being made by a company that understands how to like make decisions about how to make games and which games to make. So you end up with like just just weird decisions that all feel like um like the um firefall like like basically like the people the sort of people who kept giving firefall money uh like uh, like got jobs at Amazon is is how it ends up feeling. Uh, next year, the you know New World will release the game that early trailers looked extremely settler colonial, you know MMO sim. Uh, I have heard that they have tried to change some of that stuff based on internal pushback against the way that game is framed. We will see. In I mean, the game I'm not sure. the how, game how much is can you really do? The name of the game is New World. What the fuck are you gonna do at that point? <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I mean. Like the like the framing itself, like is like yeah. Like there are probably things you can do yeah. on the margins, but you might be. Here's something you can do: not make this game. Continuing down this list, Man Eater. Did anyone play the Shark Game? I was gonna say. Uh, I feel like someone did. Didn't someone talk about it on a podcast once? On an E3, I saw it at E3. Oh, okay, that Flat. was the only time. Two, a year and a half ago. Wow. <laughs> Two, uh, the last last E3 we went to, I saw Man Eater. Um, you could it, just say you know, the last E3. Goofy. The last E3, yeah. <laughs> which is probably Damn. true. Owned. They made it to Excuse one me. before they just shut down the whole thing. I'm so powerful. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking through here and I'm not yeah. seeing much there's another big one in <laughs> no. May that isn't on here though uh, uh, or at least big for us kind of not really big but uh, Signs of the Sojourner was in May <laughs> oh oh shit was it yeah or, or at least list. I feel like was... 
let me double check. I'm, I'm, I'm like pretty sure it was. That in, sounds right. Yeah. Signs. Uh, uh, do you want to talk about that game? Or can you? Or are you not sure? Uh, hey, hey, Patrick, how did you feel? Wow. Wait, so wait, are you, are you, but are you placing multiple bets too? Yeah. You also yes, sounds like. I it have sounds to. Like yeah. I, I, there's just, right. um, I think I'm, I think I might, am I, uh, are you playing multiple, multiple bets, Austin? Or do you, are you settled? I'm locked. I, I'm fucking locked. I'm locked too. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, Austin, Austin and Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's this also. This is a strange thing because I like we quite literally just had this conversation about right. like my concluding thoughts on um uh, on this game, um, and they sort of remain the same. And that I think, uh, like Umurangi, it I it is one of the most it'll end up on my list because it is one of the most unique experiences I've had playing a game in in years. Like the interface is just. Even if you don't like end up caring for it at all, like just seeing the way they translated communication to a card game is just so fucking cool. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's such it's su- such clever design around a simple thing. You can so clearly see how it was like prototyped physically, and yes. uh, and it's it's fun to just have a central mechanic that's that like cleverly communicates something about communication. Uh, so so clearly, um, uh, it's it's a great story. It's melancholy. Uh, I think the music is really good and slept on uh, in that game. Yeah. We've never, really we've great never brought it up, and it's really good. Like, yeah, and the art is fantastic. It was always a d- delight to meet a new character, even if yeah. like it was clear right from the go that like this was like kind of like sorry, I don't have any of your shapes. Like we're just we just can't <laughs> talk gonna, to each yeah. other. I know that you want me to like be engaged in your cooking competition, and bl- <laughs> me player. Patrick wants to be engaged in your cooking competition, but I, you were very far on the other side of the map and I have, I don't, I don't have this triangle or whatever. Like, it's just not, there's only a very small scenario where I'm going to get the right cards and it's probably only going to let me get through one, uh, uh, exchange positively before, uh, it all kind of, uh, falls apart. And it's just part of what I find remarkable about it and what lingers with me, um, despite like not or my playthrough not going particularly well in the back half. I'm sure like different playthroughs went different ways for yeah. different people with their with their decks, and that's the nature of of these types of games. Is just that, um, I think, and this is normal, but like games have fallen into a trap of like, oh, this is just how dialogue works. This is just how communication works in a game. And w- what this game suggests is like, no, there are like there are still like limitless possibilities of reimagining what it means to have a communicate to communicate in an interactive medium. We still dialogue. It's still using a lot of like, ba- like it's not like throwing all of that out, but just the, the the mechanism of interaction is so fundamentally different that it changes the emotion and tenor of that interaction in a way that I hope like the legacy of a game like that is like, oh, like we, you know, dialogue wheels, like yep, there's other dialogue ways to choices. Do. It doesn't, it, there are other ways to do these yeah. things that we think are settled. And it doesn't mean that like, you know, cyberpunk or whatever needs to like have like cards to communicate is that like I'm not saying that every game has to throw it out but it is sort of suggestive that there's a lot more to explore yeah. here and that makes me re- like it's games like that that made me really excited about the like the future of the medium is that oh games like signs may not be played by a huge wide audience but hopefully it's pe- played by the right people mm-hmm. and then you see that stuff trickle into other games which is like oh we can reimagine basic ideas of interaction yep. that are more that are just more interesting like it just it is more interesting like it's in the same way that 
you know, like playing a game like Cyberpunk where like the, you'll see this a lot of open world games where the, the dialogue you're picking is just like a rewritten version of the dialogue that plays out just so that the player isn't <laughs> like reading and then the hearing same the same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's sort of goofy, but like I understand what, where you arrive at that. And what was interesting about Sojourner was, um, you know, you didn't know what the, you were like gesturing at, at, at what the dialogue was going to be, but you didn't know it was actually going to play out. So it was almost like you were doing tone pieces as you were having those interactions. And yeah, again, I, I know every time I talk about it, I like forget more about the second half and then reminisce more about the first half. Yeah. And then like, I feel, I feel it in my heart, like going higher on my list. Yeah. Um, it's a good game. Um, I can hear, I can it's... hear you talking yourself into it right now. You were working yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's not going to get to number one. Like it's settled. Like it's number one with a bullet. Like it's, yeah. we're good. But like, <laughs> it's a game. Like I see it creeping itself into my, my yeah. top five. The more I, the more I think about it. Good game. Um, I've a uh, quick, small one. I, I'm just going to get three small ones out of the way. If, does yep. that make sense? There's three sure. ones. I think I'm the only one who touched these. Pirates Outlaws, another Slay the Spire style roguelike uh, card game I played in May. That game was pretty good. That's it. I did, but I didn't stick with it. So I don't have a lot of positive things to say about it, but like it should be on your radar if that's the type of thing that you're into. Then I have two tactics games, one of which came out in May that's not on the May in 2020 list. Uh, which is Wintermore Tactics Club, which I thought was very cute. Hmm. Um, and uh, I want to say someone else on the podcast maybe checked it out, but maybe like, Gita, did you play this? Am I misremembering that? No? Okay. Uh, it's about a uh, a school that is going to have all of its clubs cut except for one, and it's going to determine uh, what's going to determine uh, which one is left is like a snowball, f- a number of snowball fights, snowball like fights, like tactical yeah. snowball fights. I remember um, I picked this up and I was going to play it for the pod and then you played it yes. before I did. And then yes. I was like, well, I don't have okay, to play it for work anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the very cute, very, um, the, the thing is you represent the like tabletop role playing game club. And so your version of these snowball fights becomes very imaginative and everyone has different classes. Uh, and it's very much like that style of like a final fantasy tactics style game. Um, I didn't get super far into it, but I put a few hours in and, and enjoyed my time. Well, the other tactics game that I played in May, but it's actually from late April is troubleshooter. That South Korean oh, game yeah. in which there are a billion mechanics <laughs> and uh, it is just a wacky, incredible game. I don't even want to try to do give it justice in this three minute thing. Go back and listen to the Waypoint Radio in which I described this game for the first time uh, because it is a game. It is a tactics game that like has a million systems layered on top of each other. Some really cool world building um and a lot a lot a lot of style that's called troubleshooter abandoned children on steam uh great good name um any other may stuff i think that's it i think that that's it from us in may june oh wait yeah uh jet lancer was may wasn't it that sounds right yeah yeah, wait, there was, that's just when I last played it. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever, go ahead and, and shout it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. just a quick uh, side, um, how do I explain this, uh, side-scrolling kind of, uh, like, Luft, like, if you've played Luftrazers. Luftrazers minus the Nazis. Right, right, it's a very <laughs> uh-huh. anime, very, like, stop in midair, make a quick, like, sharp 180-degree turn and bo- fire all your boosters in order to, like, avoid... 
uh, enemy bullets in the air. Like, it was really fun, really neat, uh, really bright, kind of colorful uh, anime aesthetic that uh, was really enjoyable. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a good dog uh, in there. You should go. You should find the good dog. There Jet is Lancer. a good dog in that game. <laughs> yeah, Jet Lancer does have a good fucking dog. You're not wrong. Um, no one, real quick, n- none of us played my- Minecraft Dungeons, uh, and that game just sort of came and went, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people seem to like it. You yeah. know, it, but it, it was it was qu- very quickly uh, clear that it was like Diablo for kids. Like it was like a family game. Sure. It was like it's like one of a million games I look at, and I'm like, all right. You know, when Jessica's five, that seems to be like when games turn on. If she gets into games, like it's like that'll yeah. be the age. So yeah. it's like just not quite, not quite there. It's funny, Kato. I was oh, just go gonna ahead. say about it's just it's funny because it almost feels like it's simpler than Minecraft itself. Like there's a lot of like, like the crafting system in Minecraft is fucking wild. Uh, but then yeah. this ends up yes. being kind of yeah, like that's prob- it is probably too true. much that even is, for the true. audience that would love a Minecraft thing. You know? Um, yeah. Strange. Yeah. Uh, really quick, also in May, I just want to shout out Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is a really good port of that game, of, of Xenoblade Chronicles. I didn't stick with it because there's just so much of it. And like I said, JRPGs rarely fit into my life, especially when they're that long. Um, but that port seems great. I'm glad that that game is available. Figure out how to put Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Switch, please. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> um, Valorant came out in June. Kato, are you allowed to talk about Valorant? Yeah, it's it's on my list. Not not, it's not that be high. One. Not yeah. no no. I don't think it'll ever hit. I'm that, not even sure if it's on my list. But we played a I think lot of fucking Valorant. Yeah, I think it's squeaking on because I'm still like I'm still playing it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that game uh was is really fun. Um, and their updates good. Like they keep making changes that are keeping things fresh so far. The new maps, the new agents that keep coming out are really great. But for people who if you haven't, if you don't know what Valorant is, the like real quick and dirty is uh, they added characters with abilities to a CS style tactics five v five competitive game, uh, and mm-hmm. the way they did that was really clever and um, you know kind of uh, expanded the idea of utility from CS style games, things like s- smoke grenades and flashbangs, those sorts of things, and kind of you know, gave it flavor of like a character shooter and having individual uh, characters have very specific type of utility and like the balance around that was all really fun and interesting. Um, and I've enjoyed my time with it a lot. I It's one of the few competitive games that I've ever sunk this much time into since like I played TF2 on my Mac back in college because that was the only thing my Mac could play, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> those days. <laughs> um so uh yeah, a uh, really really fun game and it's and it's, uh free to play. So it's like one of those things where if you've ever been interested in in like CS type shooters, this is a a really good one to kind of lean into it's because the most, there's Yeah. Right, it's got I feel like it has like the easiest kind of uh, like the thing I will on. say here is I would not have played this game if I did not have a team of a group of people to pull from. Right. That first month of playing, we had a huge right. group of people from various like walks, you know, d- different friend groups playing together in, in different, you know, configurations. And that was when I was having the most fun. It's absolutely um, I, I fell off of it eventually, but like you need to for me, I, I cannot play that game with randos. I know Kata, you had a different right. experience with me than that, but like I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I definitely I, had, I def- um No, go ahead. The moment I fell off of this game was when I was trying to get together a team of people to play with me and then someone else they wanted to play with more showed up and they all played with that person instead. So it's just like it's a there's a weird inherent toxicity to this game that 
is to just think about a formal thing that I don't think I can really ever... Uh, so much of the, the gameplay was very fun when I actually got a chance to play it with friends. It's just, uh, I mean, this is the, the cooperative versus competitive thing uh. that we were talking about uh, episodes ago, a couple episodes ago, rather yeah. than earlier this morning. This yeah. is why I don't play many of these games myself, because like to a degree, there's the, hey, I want to hang out with my friends, but also my friends want to win games. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay, so I'm probably not going to be super helpful with that part. Is that still cool? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, um, we'll play on ranked with you at Overwatch. some point. This is yeah. why Destiny yeah. is. We'll do unranked. Destiny is that exact game of like, you can be very chill in that game where this is very Then you like- have to get into the raid game and that's when you get ostracized by your butts. <laughs> no, the raids are great. I Kato, you reject your. Kato, I'm sure the way you run raids is wholesome and good. <laughs> That's and what I've supportive. heard. Supportive <laughs> and seen from for the streams. Kato seems like a good raid leader. Thank I you. I don't know. I'm. I'm I um, hope I am. <laughs> but I've never worked with him, so I you know I can't speak from firsthand <laughs> knowledge or anything. I wish I could get um, this team into a fucking raid someday, but I know it's never going to happen. <laughs> Too much. The too people much. on this call. I mean, you, yeah. Gita does it with you. Yes, right? this is what I mean. I, I just meant like this entire group. Gita was very silent when I said, "I'm sure Kato runs good Whoa. raids that aren't toxic," and there was just dead silence <laughs> on the mic. Kato knows how I feel about him. I don't need to justify my love for Kato. Wow, that's very right. brave Thank and precious Thank leader. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we should keep moving. Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. Kato, I know you yeah. loved it. Fucking love. It's just a bunch of bunch of board games with really good. Oh, this again. Yeah. It's just, it's good. Look, it's. <laughs> what is your fucking problem, Rob? What? No, I love it. I love it. 51. I love that Kato is like on this island of like games. <laughs> just a big game collection and Kato's Here's there the on the beach. There's a game. Laying out his game games. Games. Kato, yeah. what are, uh, Rob, what is your problem with Mancala? What is your problem with, with Hanafuda? What do you, what, what yeah. do you Those sound great. Those sound I great. I fucking I'm learned so, yes. what Hanafuda is, a game I would have never learned about had it not been for this and it's very good tutorials. That's the, that's the real big thing about this thing. Thing is that it 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 has such a wide berth of games from all over the world and has very good tutorials for all of them. Like it it really eases you into. Uh, How's that mahjong tutorial? Is the mahjong tutorial good? Because I know Matt yeah. people are trying to get into mahjong. No, absolutely. Like yeah. I I didn't I I didn't ever think I could understand. Like I I've like tangentially like kind of looked at mahjong and been like, oh, that seems interesting. Like I kind of understand the 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 concept of like poker and things like that. I feel like I could get into it but it, it, a lot of tutorials always end up uh, uh leaning too hard into the like this is how you win versus like this is these are the mechanics right this is very much to uh explains games from a this is the mechanics this is uh the baseline thing and like the your or your first plays are not going to win in high level play obviously but this is the way you need to teach even like simple board games or card games of this nature is like get those base like like fundamentals are important right and it's just like nobody mm-hmm. ever teaches the fundamentals of chess that way necessarily um or like fucking yeah like mahjong things like um what else is in there i bet hanafuda was 51 the one I, games yeah so. there's a lot of fucking uh games and some of them are even uh you can play them um just like laying the switch down on a table as a board game with the touch right, screen, right right which is fucking yeah. great it's just like a, a super solid you know, really well executed collection of board games that I really enjoyed. Uh, anything? Anyone else have uh, early June stuff? I'll Rob, just say, did you touch um, this Command and Conquer thing. 
Yeah, a little bit. And it's very cool. Um, the, the, the thing I'll say is like, it took two games that in my, like in my memory have not aged well. And I would still argue there's, there's reasons that I've sort of moved away from RTSs like this. It was kind of fun to go back and revisit them. Setting that aside, if you were trying to say like, what do I want from like archival quality game re-releases? This is probably it. Um, this is about the most elegant and thoughtful way of doing it. Uh, preserving aesthetic, preserving original graphics, um, having it really, really work well. Um, you know, I think I think they redid a lot of the sound as well in like they, they gave it a remastered soundtrack. Um, so like it really did show what a proper remastering probably looks like short of remaking a game. And, you know, it's I, I wish there were more people taking this approach rather than approaching a remaster as a chance to say, well, what if it was just a different game that was made 10 years later with different sensibilities? And that's like, I think for a lot of people with, you know, old favorites, that's not what they want. They just want the thing to run on modern systems and look right on modern displays and not be so clearly out of step with current AV standards that you keep getting pulled out of the experience in a way you never were back in the original context. Makes sense. Um, we got some big ones coming up, so let me quickly shout out a small one that's not on this list. Chaos Galaxy, a uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms style uh, strategy game that came out on PC, but it's 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 like space mechs, Legend of the Galactic Heroes style, uh, SNES graphics, you know, in style. I love this game. This game is really good, um, and I I cannot wait to put more hours. This is this is a game that runs on my laptop, and I'm going to be playing it over <laughs> break while I'm at home. Uh, you know, when I have a few minutes here or there to to play something. Um, so that's a June thing. Uh, I I think that we're unless someone's played something between this and where it shows up. Uh, Did the anyone next touch big this thing here. I didn't. No. It's wild how that kind of the like came response and went. was pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty negative. Oh, Sorry that's cool. Hey, game, good but... news, everybody! I fell off Persona Four again. Oh, you did. I oh, was great. like, I'm back in, baby. I'm gonna finish it this time. And no, I will not watch read any game facts because I'm going to feel my way forward on it. Mm. And I began mm -hmm. feeling my way forward, and then I realized I was in a minefield. And every time I went into <laughs> the television, I was just getting my ass kicked. And I was like, this yeah, okay. sucks. And like, sometimes I can just roll these mobs and then I'll just get a bad pull and I just fucking die and I lose all my XP. And then the entire well, experience is a wash. At least you know that you had an authentic persona experience. Yep. You know, you can sleep well knowing that. Is is saying I'll come back to this and then never coming back to it. Is that also an authentic persona experience? I was yeah. on Persona 3 for like three months one time because I had a one hit KO that frustrated me so fucking much that I was just like, I can't even look at this. I put my mm -hmm. PS Vita in a drawer. I was done. Like oh, yeah. I just discovered a thing I have to shout out because it's I didn't realize that it was this early in the year. Horizons Gate actually came out all the way back in March. That's a game that I was obsessed with uh, around. I, I, I want to say I was playing that in May 
uh, May or June. If you want to hear me talk about an independent tactical RPG that, uh, again, has kind of SNES-style graphics, you got a boat, you're exploring a world. I love this game. This game has so many cool things. Please go find when we talked about that on the podcast. I don't want to drag this down as the only person who's played this game, but but I really, really like Horizon Skate. It'll probably be on my top 10 list. Uh, some really clever systemic uh, interaction stuff in, in its in its designs. Um, <laughs> Shit, you know what Last came out part this two. year? Uh, What's that? Corruption 2099. Yeah, that game exists. Twenty twenty nine. That game. Twenty twenty nine. That's the Mutant Year Zero thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Mutant Year Zero, but as get good as. You should no. go back and play Mutant Year Zero, Kato. That's yeah. my suggestion. Game yeah. didn't have a duck. I'm pretty sure that was that was December of last year. Yeah, it was corruption. Was, was it? that December? It was. It, yeah. I thought it was yeah. February. Okay. Well, let me either way. From it. No duck, no dice. <laughs> yep. No duck, no <laughs> dice. Kato was right. It's February. Uh, last of Us Part Two, June. I mean, there's like 13 hours of podcast yeah, audio you where go my listen opinion to. is laid out. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, like, did anyone else like mess around with this game? Like, I like yeah. you listen to me and Maddie Myers discuss all the ways we did not like this game. Patrick was there for about a third of that. We expected it to be the whole thing, but it didn't go well. Uh, Emmanuel was there for part of that. But yeah, I didn't like the game. I've had some distance from it. Still don't like I- the game. Here's the thing. I keep wanting to explore it because I am interested in the ways that it is bad. Because when, yeah. when you and I have conversations, <laughs> Rob, about media that we don't think is good or it fails in some way, I feel very like intellectually engaged. And I like to sometimes engage with media I don't think I'm going to like for that reason, to have engaging conversations. But I played maybe half an hour of the first Last of Us because I was like, well, it's not very long. I could probably get through it, you know, with David, who loves Last of Us. And I think like... We would have had a fun time experiencing it. I played like a half an hour of it. And I was like, I understand this game's worldview so totally. And it seems like 2 is so exactly the same worldview that I don't know if I want to actually do this. Like That's time in my life that I literally cannot get back playing a game I don't like. Is the conversation going to be more stimulating than uh, after playing the game than it is just listening to your very, very long podcast about why you didn't like it very much. And the game is so long, too. It's not as though this is like you'd, something you could jump in right. and, and out of. Like, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a bare minimum 25 hour commitment. It's a it's a whole journey. They I still have in my spread. head that I, I still like the, the original game. I, yeah. I have it's, my columns with it. But I I still really like the original Last of Us. Yeah. Um, and and the the the. the in some ways, the sequel like taints that, but I still I'm able to still separate the those those two out. Um, and and yeah, it, I liked the act of playing The Last of Us mm-hmm. Part Two quite a bit, but I yeah, I, this the story still leaves a, uh, a sour taste. It's just know. the fact that no one can explain why that girl didn't get an abortion. <laughs> you know, Ellie's girlfriend pregnant with her ex boyfriend dead ex boyfriend's baby. Seems like a perfect Did time she to not just want a that she does that not the thing. She's very young and she doesn't express any desire to have a baby. And you uh, like you have she, to carry a child for nine fucking months and give so, birth to it and then raise it. I am pretty <laughs> sure the part where she expresses a desire for that is an optional thing that may not fire if you do not go to a particular corner of the o- section of the open world map. But there is a point if you go exploring and don't stay strictly critical path where she floats the idea to Ellie, like, boy, what would you think of, uh, like, having a family on a farm, which is what they eventually get. And so if you hear yeah, that, really it makes total sense that if she was already, like, if she if she was already carrying a kid, she might be, like, 
well, this is like check part one of my, you know, dream vision. That sounds great. And yes, even though it'll be inconvenient for the zombie fighting, um, someday I'm going to want this kid so that we can have a dog and a farm. And, but if you don't hear that line of dialogue, it starts to get a little weird because it's like, boy, we're, uh, we're really in hell here. And, um, <laughs> it seems like being pregnant for this is going to be tough. Yeah, it's not just that. There's just so much media that deals with women having unexpected pregnancies. Bird Box is a similar one. And in Bird Box, it's like so much worse because that character actively does not want to have a child. And yet she's at this doctor. The doctor's like, so you don't want to have this baby. Why are you keeping it? And she's like, well, I don't know. It just well, <laughs> like, remember, like, there's always been this thing where media is still very uncomfortable with like media in general might be pro-choice, provided that choice is never exercised to mm-hmm. like terminated pregnancy and this has been generally true like on television and movies where it's like you know you have a choice and then the character will almost always be like but i'm gonna have this child to keep it (laughs) this this media is going to promulgate some myths about motherhood and how once you see your child everything will be made right and whole uh i don't think last of us fully does that but like there's so many, yeah, like there's so much media out there where it's like. It's more that it just takes boy, it for granted uh, as the as the default yeah. viewpoint, right? It's, um, there's a certain uh, way that the first Last of Us is clearly drawing on prestige television, but in a way that I think is like more insightful about what to take from that and what kind of character arcs that people are drawn to. It's very much like in the Breaking Bad style of media. Which, like, again, if you revisit that show now, it's, like, not... It, you can start to see, like, some of the flaws with that style of storytelling. But I, just, like, looking at The Last of Us 2, reading all these reviews of The Last of Us 2, it just feels like this is, like, a prestige television show that has not at all evolved from that style of storytelling. And then it's just replicating all of the things that are really annoying and boring about that style of storytelling. Anyway, I didn't even play, play this game, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I just shout out one thing real quick? Desperados 3 came out before Last of Us 2. Desperados oh, 3. You're totally right. Cool yeah. game. I did eventually fall off of it because, like, it is so much a I'm going to solve the puzzle of this level that eventually you just get a little tired of puzzle solving and, like, yeah. reloading when it doesn't go right. Um, but still, a really cool, really intricate, like, stealth puzzler. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Definitely... Uh, definitely one of those things where it's it's worth giving a look and seeing if you dig it. Um, the next thing here is Pokemon Cafe Mix, Kato. It's cute. It's a cute puzzle game. Yeah, it's a cute puzzle game. It's a cute puzzle game. Is there more to it than that? Uh, not much. It Pokemon does have like cute. a kind of u- unique, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just that I don't play a ton of mobile games, so I don't know that I really want to say this. But as far as I've seen, it has like a, a, a interesting... Uh, kind of very specifically touch-based mechanic uh where you're like connecting lines but the when you connect these little icons um they they you like you string them along and then that has physics mm-hmm. to it and you're kind of fighting with a bucket of these like little pokemon icons and the physics of them kind of jumbling around in there to try to make connection like long chains of the same uh type of pokemon um so yeah, it's just got this like kind of interesting, uh, neat little thing, and um, not much, not much else yeah. to it. If you like Pokemon, it's very cute. The art style is adorable. I liked it. I liked it a lot as a little puzzle game. Uh, a thing that did I, I feel like I might have blacked out, and you mentioned it already. Did we talk about Lithium City? We didn't. Lithium City rules. Yeah. <laughs> Lithium um, City rules. 
That was isometric in... action cyberpunk game that came yeah. out. Uh, each yeah, you're moving from room to room. Each room has a kind of a really cool gimmick. And that way, I, I often compare it to games like Titanfall 2 or the Mario games, in which you're like just excited to see what sort of ideas the developer will will pull uh, up next, where the same basic mechanics are being used in interesting ways. Um, it's great, super stylish. I I want more of it. I hope that 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 developer makes some more stuff. Yeah, yeah it's super cool, super neat. Um, uh, also, also a thing we missed <clears throat> that I would be remiss. Have you heard this before? It's like Slay the Spire, comma, but, but. <laughs> you're on a train. Monster Train came out in June, or uh, maybe yeah. that came out in in May. But I played it in June. Um, uh, people fucking love that game. I have a really hard time with the art style, but I think that the core mm. design is fantastic. If you like Slay the Spire stuff, look at Monster Train. Uh, another June one, Hard Space Shipbreaker came out in early access. Um, mm. that's a game where you cut up a bunch of giant spaceships for parts and it rules. Uh, I, I'm waiting for there to be more of it. I put a bunch of time into it in just the early access. Uh, I think that moving around ships in... 3d in in zero g and cutting them up uh and and having them blow up because you didn't do a good job and you should have you know scanned to make sure there weren't like active fuel tanks underneath your laser cutter or whatever uh is a really fun experience it's very meditative for me despite the potential for giant explosions i also love all of the framing around like your insurance yeah. and shit when accidents go your wrong and, like and, the and like very kind labor of exploitation yeah yeah it's very yeah. good at uh, totally that very funny. Totally. Um, anything else in June here? So people want to shout out. I think we're good. I think we can keep on keep on hustling. Um, we're sorry if we miss things. We are now just in hustle mode. So, uh, July starts with Automobilista two. No, I don't think any of us, unless Rob, <laughs> did you secretly play Automobilista? I didn't, but now I'm looking at because I saw that and I was like, "What's that?" Uh-huh. Sounds Italian, and they can sometimes make good. There's like two good Italian racing. There's uh, more Sim food studios. for this you later in this month, Rob. So, <laughs> is it not Trackmania? The same day? It's not the same type of game. I don't know that yeah. Rob is a Trackmania person. Um, sorry, sorry to Trackmania. I guess. Did anyone play uh, Little Town Hero? I paid. I paid to watch Rob no. be on a Jeff Kersman Trackmania stream. Oh, my God. oh, I would love that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> That'd be a good crossover. That'd be a good crossover. No, I never played Little Town Hero. It reviewed so poorly that I skipped it. Um, yeah. Everywhere that it was released, yeah. Rob and also, is like a burden Ernie combo. It really is. <laughs> yeah, let's it's let's make classic. Rob and yeah, let's make that happen if we can. Uh, uh, Iron Man VR, Patrick, maybe no, nope. no. Okay, uh, the reviews the reviews were poor, and I yeah, it was okay. Got to hook up that. VR and he shattered his VR rig at that point. He was <laughs> like, <laughs> no other VR game will ever more. touch these eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just because I keep considering buying it and then not doing it. Super liminal. The the yeah. word on the Don't. street was that it was like just okay. Uh, was that what the word was? Is that what yeah. the word was? I didn't yeah. get a lot of super positive buzz. Just like, yeah, hey, yeah, it's a puzzle game. That's a different game. Super positive is not. This is super liminal. <laughs> Um, I, I watched some Let's Plays of it, and the Force Perspective puzzle seemed very cool. But yeah, what yeah. I kept hearing from people, like um, like from Chip Cheesem and Voidbreaker, who have been playing it on their channel, was that it was trying really hard to tap into the um, the kind of meta puzzle game tone of games like, oh, what's the one that started off of a, as a Half Life mod and then became its own Stanley thing? Stanley Parable. Yes, thank you. Stanley Parable. Um, Like Stanley Parable and other games that came out and were inspired by that game style of narration and and sort of like uh, arch storytelling. And uh, it felt 
they they were saying it just didn't feel natural. It felt kind of weird and forced and unsatisfying. And I was like, mm-hmm. huh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Forced perspective. Um, I'm forced. Hmm. Uh, I played that cross-code port on Switch and didn't get deep into it because of how buggy and uh, kind of bad the frame rate and some stuff there was. I was really hoping to finally play that game this year on Switch, and then the Switch port was bad, and so now I just haven't played it. Um, I mean, that Switch port might be better now. I'm not sure. Uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 looked good from when I watched Vinny Caravella play it, but I've not played it. Uh <laughs> Patrick, you played some Deadly Premonition 2, right? Eh. It seemed like yeah. a mess. Yeah. In in yeah. in content it, and form. Yeah. Uh, obviously there were um, you know, go back and do some Googling around the the game's uh depiction of a central trans character was and the reaction from Swery, the designer, was it was weird. Um it was like between that and a frame rate, um, you know, this game only came out on Switch, um, at least at the, at the moment, um, in the open world where it was like literally in the single digits. And I am not a frame rate person, but that was just there were just all these like I, I like started it, hit the bad frame rate. I was like, ah, yeah, OK, I guess like this world is still kind of charming. Um, and then like, you know, read all the good reporting from folks like Laura Kate Dale about the trans characters, which is like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Like, life's too short. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, when we talk about, you know, we, you know, mentioned where you, uh, you, you compromise, yep. you, you know, you, you play draw compromise your own media, lines like, this, this, and... this world's worth it yep. for that. Like, I'm getting something out of it. I just wasn't. I was like, I'm, like, I played that first one. Yeah. That first one on its own has its own, has its own issues. issues. Yeah. Um, but I found it, uh, there was enough there that, I, like I was, I was on for the for the ride, um, and this one was just like I'm good. Like maybe I'll look at it again when I can like play it on PC, but probably not. I was like I'm good. I don't I don't need another adventure with these characters. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I it's it kind of seemed like it fell by the wayside pretty quickly, and for good reason. Yeah. Um, I have to bounce soon, and so I'm going to quickly talk about the the biggest thing this month that came out that I put a lot of time into, which was Ghost of Tsushima, um, which is a game that, like, I think it's a really pretty game, and I think that the combat is better than I thought it would be. Um, but, like, it's such a boilerplate open world, you know, adventure. It has struck a chord, man. That is, like, more than any other game this year. Yeah. I mean, I reviewed I it okay, yeah, like, but, well. But an audience People really liked it. it. But people have like really yeah. taken to that, and I think this. You know, we've you know when, when we were talking about my, <laughs> you know, washer guy. I think yes. there is something to, and I saw someone talk about this on Twitter. They're like, as a game critic, you play so many of the same things that you are by nature of the design of the yeah. job desperate for not just novelty but like new experiences. And I and it's easy to forget that for people who only play like one or two of these a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just fine with like the existing. Te- not that we I was thinking about this with, that. with Cyberpunk this week a lot because it's like for a lot of people this is a Fallout game and they haven't played a yeah. Fallout game since mm-hmm. Fallout Four, which was four years ago. That is a thing that they want, and here is a new one, and and maybe they. And saw it's a good a one of those. Like it is the apex of like this. What, what we all feel, yeah. you know, is, a, is an archaic way to design an open world. We're exhausted of it, but I'm not. This is that with more shocked. conversational animations. And yeah. with ray tracing or whatever, in good combat, like also it's like oh you're talking about you're like, talking about Ghost of Tsushima, yeah 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 yes. oh yeah sorry no you're good um but yeah I, like um, Ghost of Tsushima specifically actually and to its credit is doing an Assassin's Creed style game that doesn't get made anymore 
um, the new Assassin's Creed style games f- feel distinct in a real way from like the Syndicate era. Though I guess Ghost is not yeah. as urban as as that Syndicate era of, of Assassin's Creed game. Um, uh, but like I, I think Ghost of Tsushima is like totally an acceptable one of those. I think that there's some really good character work in the first half of that game. Uh, the stuff with your buddy who is a Ronin, his arc is fantastic. I think that the acting around some of that stuff was all really good. Um, I think that it's beautiful. Like the use of color in that game is 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 outstanding. Uh, I, people can go back and listen to the episodes in which I was a big nerd and upset with the way haiku was deployed in this game, with the ways in which <laughs> the era in history was misrepresented, uh, stuff like that. And like I'm again, that's like uh, uh, those are stumbling blocks for me. And despite those, I did basically everything there is to do in this game. Um, so to its credit, it, it fucking got me. It hooked me. You know what I mean? Like a big hook, line and sinker, uh, moment there for me. Um, uh, it probably won't make my top 10. Um, but that's only because there were, there were 10 other experiences this year that I think moved me more or were more fascinating to me. Um, not because I think that it didn't do exactly the thing it needed to do. You know, there is a type of, fast, casual dining experience that you would never <laughs> list as your top 10 meal of the year, but you like had a good fucking meal and there ain't nothing wrong with Applebee's ribs. They're not the best <laughs> ribs you had this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing Sometimes wrong you just with want those ribs. ribs. Sometimes you just want ribs and there's an Applebee's, you know, eating good in the neighborhood. Is that Applebee's? <laughs> my neighbor, that neighborhood is my stomach. That neighborhood is my stomach. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima, the Applebee's of 2020 video games. Put Ghost it on the box. That's like that, smoking mid. You know what? It's all right. <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> I'm not upset. I'm here, right? <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying. How'd your I get honor. here? Oh, this is this fine. This is fine. Here, your honor. Your honor. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, there's a bunch of other stuff in June. Uh, or sorry, in J- July. We're in July, right? We are in July. July, yes. Uh, I don't. <laughs> s- <laughs> what else? Okay, so quick thing. I've not played it. I wrote it off because it looked totally terrible, but it apparently wasn't. I heard Rocket Arena was actually Eh. a really fun multiplayer game. It's fine. Okay, Austin. I played it. You know, that's not Applebee's. I played it it at E3 last year. It was fine then. Maybe it got good since then. Uh, It has one really cool hook, which is what if instead of having just health bars, you had a Smash Brothers style meter that filled up and then eventually you got knocked off the rocket arena out into fucking space uh when you <laughs> died that's a fun thing yeah. um uh and in we general like the the premise of it is very much like everyone has big aoe damage type weapons um and there's lots of little you know different multiplayer modes it's it, rob you should check it out you should know what it is because because for me it's like okay yeah it's kind of doing the thing it's trying to do but i don't know that that was enough for me especially in comparison to something like valorant which seemed like it was uh you know do doing a similar like revisiting an old style of game that was popular once and putting our new spin on it and uh not that not that csgo is not super popular don't don't yeah. cancel me on that um, i'm already well, about to fall asleep or to be not talk about carrion yet we didn't talk about carrion yet we're not there yet. uh carrion was yeah. later yeah. in the month yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. carrion there's an alien <laughs> well carrion was dope it's I on the loose that game it's on the loose loves carrion carrion great music yeah i bought it where never played one of those for me because it's just like, by the time all my friends were like, oh, it's got problems. I was like, let me move on to a different one then before I start carrying. Yeah. And then that ends up being all the games I play in this week of December. 
that's yeah. Look, there's yeah. there's a reason that uh, Ace Combat Seven is going to be one of my games of the year. Um, sometimes <laughs> the conversation happens. You're like, oh, I'll, I'll put a pin in that, and mm-hmm. you take that pin out a year yeah. later, and you're like, oh shit, that's yeah. good. Damn, that's like, that's <laughs> an Outback Steakhouse right there. Okay, that, is, that is a blooming onion. I do like an Outback Steakhouse more than an Applebee's. You're not wrong. Okay, can uh, we add ratings to our reviews, but only in terms of Applebee's yes. uh, appetizers? <laughs> Great. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe this I'm will bring sure back the views we lose by not assigning scores. Uh, it's like, can you believe they gave that a fucking White Castle? Can you believe that? <laughs> that um, was a blooming onion for sure. I have a question, and this is all I want to know: Is Paper Mario the Origami King about Mario and Luigi working together to solve a serial a serial killer oh case years later? <laughs> Uh, and coming to terms with their own fractured relationship and their inner demons that have driven them both to the margins of Mushroom Kingdom society and learning and, and reconciling themselves with each other by the end. Is that what that game's about? Press yeah, I thought it was Mario. kind of weird that that game was directed by Brian Mario. De Palma, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mario. about right. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, no, but it does. Uh, the Origami King uh, does have a, this is a slight spoiler. Um, heads up is a has a sequence in which they reali- the they um, expand on the interiority of the existence of the Babam, in which Babams exist to find a reason to Babam to explode, and there is a sequence in which. A Babam who is a main character who is with you no. for a large chunk of the game. You're shitting me. There, there's a moment in which a boulder needs to be exploded oh in God. order for the, the, the game to progress. What? And they sac- they sacrifice themselves, explode, d- die. Like, move on in whatever afterlife equivalent there is in the Mushroom Kingdom um, to to allow the, 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 the progression. It's incredible. It's incredible. The, I, incredible. I emailed Nintendo to be like, please, let me ask questions about this. Sure, we'll get right back to you. Never. 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 Seems Never. like we Never. finally Never. found video games Citizen Kane. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's it's awesome. That's it's art. a really touching moment. It's it's fantastic. Like I, it's <laughs> Origami King has a bunch of Ripped really fantastic real things wrapped up in a in a package that it, I mostly didn't enjoy playing. Um, it was a game where if they took out all the combat, I would have been like a happier player for it. Um, which is too bad because there's a lot of it. <laughs> um, all right, but it's a really really cool world and really cool story. I have to run. I don't know if y'all want to continue through July and and the rest of the year, and we I'll made it be back half the back. year. We made it through half the year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we just end the podcast with sorry. We only yes, made it through yes. July. Yes, <laughs> look, I want to tell you Wait. some things. We're getting into the part of the year Hold where we on. remember more. We talked yeah. about this more you can, recently. You, Austin, you I can have drop to out. Bye. Yeah, you, get, you won't finish this bit. We'll, we'll decide. We'll yeah, <laughs> on live, on air. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, 
Look, so now, now that Austin's not here to talk about every single game he played that's exactly like Slay the Spire, except we could maybe get through some things a little bit faster. <laughs> wow! Damn. Damn. Sorry. Austin, I love you when you hear this podcast. <laughs> Um, oh. I do. We need, if we're gonna, if we're gonna give ourselves like 10, 15 minutes to get through the rest of the year, we need a format. Like okay. we can do the rest of the year. We just gotta be. We can only talk round. about a certain number of games per month. Yes, each of us look at a month. Yep. Pick the one game you want to talk about. If there's overlap, uh, someone gets an extra pick to talk Shit. about a different game. But, that makes uh, sense. So, so for, so for from, July, is there anything yeah. else we want to discuss? I have one game I want to. discuss. I have one. Go. All right. Go. Other side. Real cool uh, run-based tactics game. Um, Astro Johnson wrote a terrific review for us over at Waypoint, but it is about, it is a squad tactics game that takes place in this creepy, like limbo space as, uh, the daughters of a fallen goddess who sacrificed herself to contain ancient evil, uh, do battle with the forces of darkness in this, like, um, like almost play like this limbo space that exists out of time with different like mix and match aesthetics from different eras. Uh, and they're all, um, like goth girl, um, like the entire thing. People describe it as like an Evanescence, uh, album given game form. And that's basically it. Uh, and so on this one. Yeah. So worth, worth a look hard as hell. Uh, Oh, here's the other catch. It is deterministic, like a bit like into the breach. If you know how enemies act and you understand the decisions they make, you can predict pretty perfectly what will happen based on your moves. Mm-hmm. So it like it is one of those games where you can like if you see the matrix, you can basically like plot out several moves ahead the entire engagement and it will work. But the game is complicated enough that it's really hard, and it's kind of fun being surprised by it. So dig it. People should give it a look. Several moves ahead. That's your podcast, right? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> we're, we're expanding formats. Um, some <laughs> some number of moves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, so I have Kato. I was gonna say I have I have two, and I can't let them go. I'm sorry. They're gonna be super short though, because no! they're very small games. They're very small. I feel like they should get shoutouts because wow, they're small. Immediately breaks the format. Look, okay, first up, Necrobarista. Great visual novel about the afterlife and spending time in the way that uh, time and uh, economy and money, the idea of like how you spend your time and also letting go and moving on in the afterlife. Uh, great, you should check it out. It's got anime style. I really enjoyed it. The other one, Thousand Threads, uh, about <laughs> kind of conflicts within communities and uh, like physical distance being um kind of like you you like deliver mail in that game and like this like the way that distance affects conflict it's really interesting go play that game sorry that's it that's it i did two so i did them quick (laughs) anyone else got any july games no august time august i have have mine i have mine it's the end of august i'll wait until the rest of everybody talk Um, about that I'm assuming that sounded like a coherent sentence. The rest of everybody did. Yeah, yeah. It did it. I think if we transcribed it, it would not. But I think we all got the joke. <laughs> I think that is mine. I'll just start. Yeah. Uh, you go while I'm scrolling Yeah, well, you guys can yeah, figure sorry. it out. Total War Saga Troy. Um, very good old, old school Total War game. Uh, a lot of different, like the game has a very different feeling depending on which of the factions of the Trojan War you are choosing to play. Um, it handles the themes of like divinity and destiny pretty cleverly. 
Uh, the other cool thing is that it unevenly distributes a lot of the game's key resources around the map so that there are kind of like there are strategic sweet spots where like you will want to expand there and that might mean opening an entirely different front in the war than the enemy in front of you but in order to win the war you're going to have to go secure these resources and pick fights with like six other people and that is such a cool like um like you open such a can of worms when you do that in a strategy game. And a lot of games don't force you into those kind of situations, but this one does. And it led to some of my favorite experiences. Uh, so I uh, give that game a recommendation. Nice. Hmm. That's very nice. Sounds like everyone else is still trying I'm to ready figure to it go. out. I got it. Yeah. So I was trying to, I was trying to figure out. <clears throat> I had blasphemous on my list in, in August. And it was because the DLC came out in August, uh, um, which is when I went back and played the, the base game, Blasphemous, game I've talked a lot about over, over the year. It's a really, I think there are a lot of games to try to be 2D Dark Souls, and I think Blasphemous is the the far and away the best of them, um, mostly because it's not really trying to be 2D Dark Souls. It takes some elements. It's got bonfires and, and things like that, but it is it is really just a brutally hard um, Castlevania game um, um, with deep, you know, Symphony of the Night sort of like Metroid style influences. And it just has one of the coolest aesthetics I've seen in a game uh, this year. It is so much fun to play. It has really tight controls. The combat is fantastic. Um, and uh, that is, uh, that's, I didn't play the DLC because the DLC was uh, like super hard bosses and you had to do a bunch of weird hoop jumping in the game like grindy stuff to to even unlock it um but the, it got me to play the base game and uh I, I i it's tremendous and it's it's great on switch so blasphemous we love to hear it kato do you have it because git is at the end of the month so uh, do you have something that's not yeah. Oh, you don't have it, do you? You don't. I can go. You're gonna let August go sailing by. Right, we're gonna go, uh, Wasteland three. That game came out. I completely missed the, the hype for it, but Matt Galt wrote a little blog about how good it was, and I, I grabbed it, and it grabbed me immediately. I love that the CRPG shit. I just wish I had enough time in my life to actually finish games like this. You know, it's it yeah, is it's no. you know it's it's the Fallout game that I wanted. Honestly, it is. That's the stuff that it it's like engaging with like apocalyptic right wing 80s visions yes. um, seems really cool. I dig that. Um, I went to a, a museum for the leader where they've done like little animatronic song and dance routines explaining the history of the region. And I was just like, this is like the exact kind of satire of American culture that I, I want and desire at this moment. Uh, it's just you know, those games are really long. Those games are really long. You play it on your computer. My lower back hurts. I'm 31. It's very difficult for me to finish those games. But uh, I wish to finish it sometime between now and like 2045. So, Speaking of finishing things, Kato, did you make a pick? Uh, yeah, I'm picking something from May that I forgot I played called Sludge Life. <laughs> uh, Sludge Life was a game where you went around uh, uh, kind of uh, great. Being sludge? Kind of. Uh, it was this uh like a factory setting. Um, it has this very great uh like 3D. It's hard to describe. Um, 3D aesthetic where you're like like low poly, but not quite a little smoother than than low poly normally is. And you're going around tagging things like you're you're doing you're doing graffiti all around this kind of weird uh, factory and figuring out what is going on. There's like a worker strike going on and it's very fun 
and uh, you should check it out. It's a small indie game that was, that actually came out in May, and I've, it's on the Epic Games Store, which is why I missed it because I'm looking at my Steam library for this list. <laughs> August well, was right. a weird like September time, yeah. August was a weird time. September, I know immediately what I'm going to yep. talk about, and it's right there at the top. So I'll just say <laughs> that uh, I can't elaborate too too much. It's on my list. So Rob, what do you think about <laughs> what do you think about Crusader Kings three? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Crusader Kings 3. Uh, I think <laughs> it is like it makes accessible a lot of the things that have always been cool about Crusader Kings. I think uh, the changes it makes to aesthetic presentation make the like it's always been sort of sold as a life sim type uh, strategy game in a lot of ways. It turns out that creating like character models that have traits and like uh, sort of mien. Uh, like makes a huge amount of difference for making that story feel believable. It's not just like seeing the box score from a life. It's mm-hmm. like, these are people and they do stuff. Um, and yeah. Uh, also it's a huge game. Like you can spend, you could, you could like log hundreds of hours. And I basically did playing in and around the British Isles and just like, that could be the game. And then it's a different game if you're like, I'm going to start in a different part of the world. And mm-hmm. like the structures are different. The religions are different. The conflicts that arise are different. The events that pop up are different. Um, yeah, I think it is awesome. And um, yeah, the I do have a question, but we'll talk about it when we discuss yeah. it, uh, when you're when you're discussing it. There are it, a couple yeah. of things that are keeping it back for me from being a total lock for game of the year. When one of them is just like other games that we'll talk about later, I absolutely just could keep going back to that well anytime yeah. I want it and just get the same dopamine hit. Uh, Crusader Kings 3 has a problem of something like a Wasteland 3 where it's just like, I know that it's so big that coming back to it is very intimidating. And I just feel like uh, that sense of hesitation is, I think, the only thing that's keeping me, one of the only things keeping me from loving it more. I also, as time has gone on, I don't know, there's some weird, uh, the way that the game deals with disability, I'm not not sure I'm all about it. I I don't know. I feel like that system could use a rework um, or at least like a a more public discussion to sort of understand what the issues really are. Um, so my game basically came out at the same time, uh, Iron Harvest, the steampunk, uh, sorry, diesel punk, cause there's a difference between aesthetics, the diesel punk, uh, RTS that's, uh, about a not so disguised history of the wars between world war one and world war two. Um, it is a very crusade, uh, not crusader king. It is a very company of heroes, uh, style game. The company of heroes is cool. And they created really compelling characters and a really like interesting arc for a lot of these different sides. Um, I think if you someone who enjoys like we talked about uh, Warcraft three a little earlier in terms of that campaign doing a good job of showing how even some of the worst characters end up having genuinely like convincing reasons for why, why they might go bad or why they might make decisions that put them on a bad path. Uh, I think iron harvest does that as well. Um, and it does that in a way that resonates with a lot of what we know about like political history. So I think people should give it a, give it a look, especially if you liked old RTS campaigns, this is probably the best RTS campaign we've seen at least since um, Homeworld Deserts of Crack. So that's me. Uh, 
Uh, okay, I'm gonna uh, uh, just say that Hades is on this list. <laughs> yeah, I uh, guess I can't really allow. That was that was the other thing I was alluding to. The other thing came that came out that I could just return to and return to and return to. Which yep. just uh, still it. Nothing needs to be said about yeah. Hades. We'll just yeah. poof, we'll Hades punt that real. one to the, the and <sighs> and the uh, the the thing I'll say is I look at this list and I, I look at uh, thirteen uh, Sentinels uh, Aegis Rim. Aegis Rim. Yeah. Anyway, thirteen Sentinels. Yeah. Which will be. I, I just look at that game and I go, what's up, uh, Patrick Klupik's, like, uh, 2021 game of the year, um, uh, play, you know, from 2020. Yeah. Like, I just know I'm going to yeah. end up playing that game, like, in January, yeah. and I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Um, I, like, this game bought ruled. it preemptively to be sad that I didn't put it on my 2020 list, <laughs> essentially. So it was like, I bought yeah, it, it like, like, what am the fuck be... am I going to get to play this before the end of the year? Shit. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to to play more yeah. more of it. I played like an hour, but it seems extremely good. Gato, can't do two again. <laughs> Genshin I, Impact oh. came out this month. Yeah, that's the thing. It's that in, Genshin Impact and Star Renegades both came out that month, uh, and I really enjoyed both of those games. Uh, he still did too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can go we listen to me talk about uh, Star Renegades on Three Moves Ahead. Uh, I guessed it on that uh, episode. It was fun. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, I'm still playing Ga- Genshin Impact basically every day uh, because it has a really, really neat, really fun like combat system that is really easy to engage with when you're doing like the kind of daily bounties. So, uh, do you actually play it on your phone? Yes. Like when you're just doing like the rote stuff, it's Ex- just like, uh, who and it has cross, cares? Yeah, like, and it has crossplay just... with PC. So like I do story stuff on the computer when I have a little bit more time. But like every night, like kind of, it's kind of, it's become my like before bed game. I just like sit down, do my dailies, which mm. takes like 20 minutes of like, you know, it's a combat, like four different little combat And you're things. doing it with just like obnoxious, like touch, yeah, touch it, screen buttons it works, and whatever. Honestly, like it's, they, they've done a good sure. job. It's, I mean, yeah, it's still touch, touch controls. And like, I guess if you wanted to, you can, um, like Bluetooth uh, uh, controller to most uh, phones nowadays, but I just don't. Bother. Yeah, it supports I don't even, like basically everything. Now. I don't even bother. Most of the the like gameplay uh, actually kind of ends up working out better because you're kind of swapping between characters, and you can fast swap a little easier by tapping on uh, like the characters they're using, oh, and then that using sense. that ability by hitting the ability button. So it's actually it works out for the style of of kind of gameplay. But yeah, hmm. sorry, I did. Two, I played a lot of games. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God, I'll never apologize. All right, October. Wait, how are we? Start. Did you not? What? Spelunky 2? That was it. He didn't yeah, pick it. Didn't play it. Really not Damn. interested in playing it. Moving on. Damn. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. I got um, mine for October. You could refer, Spelunky 2, refer to. <laughs> here's, here's my October. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. I love this. That was I was trying to be a tie fighter. Yeah, I know. I got you. This is the only other Star Wars sound I can make. (laughs) Yeah. You got you gotta gotta the sound effects to Kato. He's our soundboard. Except see, Kato, I think you and I are both cats in heat is the problem. (laughs) I think we both ended up in the alley. Right. Like outside someone's apartment. I'm sure that's part of the And they're being like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Anyway. Star Wars Squadron. That game was fun. Like, I think it, I haven't played it in a bit because I began to find some uh, 
dynamics were getting real old real fast. Like increasingly, it got it was, a big update today, or they announced. Oh, an the update? Wings there was, an email about Yeah, there's, there's, they yeah. added some new ships too, which is like got Ooh. me looking at like, oh, I think I have to go back and see how this affects the balance. Major yeah. release 4.0 happened today. Yeah, literally I, today. Free content update where they added two new like ships that are that play differently. Shit, shit. I have to go I back. Started, <laughs> I started to get a little bit frustrated by how many builds seemed really powerful. Like, um, Cat Bailey would talk a lot about this, uh, where like the TIE bomber seemed pretty broken. And I'm yeah. not sure I would have ever has gone as far as she did. Uh, but I do kind of agree, like, it was really kind of messed up that in a dogfighting game, one of the most powerful ways to play was to basically take a bomber, a notoriously, like, immobile-style craft, and turn it effectively into a giant fucking turret that nobody could kill. Um, <laughs> and I feel like I feel that, like that the bomber actually was more effective in the objective-style one, where you're destroying capital ships than in the actual dog yes. fight where it's just dog fights where it's just dog fights i found a lot of success using the really quick ships and like a f- that was like fun as hell being able to like fucking space so, drift in an a-wing yeah. it's cool as shit i agree <laughs> but also i saw a lot of people just wrecking house with bombers and dog fights and then i tried it out and i was like oh you can just kind of like on some maps like Basically, I'm asked if there were a clear line of sight. There are a lot of tools that make it so you don't have to aim for shit. And if somebody just can't get out of your range fast enough, um, they're probably pretty screwed. And the bomber has a lot of tools that allow them to basically just post up and just like, like, uh, slowly just DPS somebody to death from a distance, um, and, and, and bring them down. And so that, that did start to get a little, little bit old. I wish maybe another, I wish it had more than two modes in some ways. Like I wish there sure. were battles that didn't feel the same, all the same in terms of fleet combat. But that being said, me likey the Star Wars dogfights. Like yeah. that's like, oh, I'm I'm in an X-wing. Okay, this game is already like it's automatically good. Sorry. <laughs> I feel Not like your enthusiasm that. summoned the the Lucasfilm, the new Rogue Squadron film into the world, Rob. Yeah, I mean, and they they go that extra like the uh, just enough more complicated with like the shifting um, uh, power to different systems to make that feel really like fucking neat. Where like, oh, yeah. you know shit i've i i fucked up my shields are gone i need to toss everything into boost so that i can immediately hit my my fastest they uh, understand you know <laughs> they understand that people want to be flipping switches furiously yeah and they understand that people want to be like slamming the throttle uh, uh to the stops it to feels get so it. like good. that's the best feeling oh yeah i love it i love it uh all right the so new- that's that's squadrons the new, the right. new B-Wing is like a, a heavy fighter for the Republic side, which I think it I'm was into missing. That. Let's do it. I have to, yeah, right, my to pick from in. October is uh, Cook, Serve, Delicious 3. That game. Ooh. Kind of, I I had one, I don't remember what I was doing, but I do remember lamenting that I was have, doing too much other shit to sit down and write about the really weird lore of Cook, Serve, Delicious 3, which takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where you drive a... a a a food truck across the collapsed United States where every state has a different weird currency because there's no longer any overarching government and you serve food to the people. I just think that that's neat. <laughs> it's like The Postman starring Guy Fieri. Yeah. It's got a lot of cool um, new 
uh, like food service, like features and shit too. Like it's got this uh, thing where you can add add stuff that people can pick up and grab to go. So on your ride over to the next place where you're going to stop, you can be cooking all of those things and then it'll make it easier to take orders because everybody that wants to grab your like pre-made churros in a little clamshell case can can grab those uh, and pay for them. And um, it's the only thing is that this the, the, the games in the series Cook, Serve, Delicious just make me very, very stressed out because <laughs> you have to. It's so much like food service. It's like almost exactly like food service. So I'm just sitting there like, ah, 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 while I'm playing. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um, Kata, did you have one for October? I have two. One of them, though, I can't talk about. Tenderfoot Tactics. Okay. Expecting some sort of discussion uh. at some point. Um. The other one was Ghost Runner, which I really enjoyed. Um, this is God, I need to get that. You need to. I've, I've had yeah. it installed. I, for like I a played long. like an hour of it, and I could feel it, Kato. I yeah. could feel it underneath my skin. Yeah, I've been waiting. Yeah, exactly. I've been waiting. I, I played like two or three, and um, just got distracted. But I'm definitely going to revisit it. Um, just really fucking amazing uh, first person platforming action game where it's really about finding the the like the way that you talk about like finding the line on a racetrack like right like the the like perfect path through was through an area uh and you know that's a combination of run wall running and jumping but also uh using a, the slight amount of magnetism you get from attacking enemies to like make the last like inch with a little dash and figuring out what what order to take out enemies and all sorts of great um uh different uh like wrinkles to that uh on with a backdrop of the cyberpunk dystopia where all of humanity lives in one tower and you're basically you're making your way up the center of it and uh you're kind of being pulled in different directions by an a uh, an ai that you're unsure of its origins and uh one a resistance fighter that's trying to take out the corporation that's currently killing the lower levels uh it's super cool shit uh definitely check it out if you feel like uh uh, Mirror's Edge was uh, got a short shrift because <laughs> uh, I feel like it's better Mirror's Edge in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, Patrick, uh, I want to shout out Leisure Suit Larry, Wet Dreams. <laughs> Patrick twice hasn't got a lot. I haven't gotten uh, a lot of discussion on the podcast this year, but um, no, uh, Disc Room, uh, a game. Uh, it's a it's on Switch and PC. Um, you know, a game where you. Uh, I don't know, it's like some scientists go to a fucking weird planet that shows up or something, and there's these spinning discs and they kill you. Um, and it's just, it's a really good puzzle game. Um, I played like two hours of it pre-release and then hit a bug that they fixed, and I need to go back and finish it. But it is a, uh, it's really fucking good. Um, it feels like it kind of just came and went, and so uh, I'll take my moment to tell people to check out uh, Disc Room. Hell yeah. What's the next month of the year? November. November. Oh my God, the November. Also, November. Part of this page is so long. November, uh, November to remember, right? That's how the commercial goes. Oh boy. Oh boy. It, uh, well, no, the commercials right oh. now, what they go is in a year le- unlike any other. Any yeah. other. Yeah. There's never yeah, been I a better that. time to buy a car for those places <laughs> you're going, to see year. those people you're going Talk to see. Lexus. Oh, I know what I'm talking oh, also, about from, um, from this, uh, this one. Uh, what what was I gonna say? Shit, I lost it. Watch Dogs Legion came out. That's it. That was in October. It did. <laughs> well done. Yep. Yeah. That happened. That was the whole thing. I uh okay, so we're in the part of the year where I was like, I should play these things hmm. later, but I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got mine. I've, I've I mean, got mine. I, Gita, do you want to go? Oh, yeah. 
Fuser, baby. Fuser, the DJ oh, fuck. game. Okay. My I good friend Nathan E. Smith wrote the review for us. Uh, he is a DJ and he's really great. Great taste in music. Uh, and what I just loved about this game was just I I love music. It has a lot of incredible licensed music, like licensed songs that I know and deeply enjoy. And uh, I feel like it deepened my understanding of music and my love of music, which is just like, isn't that just a delight? Isn't that just wonderful when you play, engage with a piece of media that makes you love culture even more? I'm Gita. <laughs> Mine. I mean, like. Oh. I need to play that game because like Nathan's write up sounded fucking awesome. The thing I couldn't believe yeah, was sick. that I figured it was gonna be like DJ Hero Redo, where it's like, no. okay, you kind of like you sort of like, oh, look at me, I'm DJing, hit button, switch tracks, you know, oh, look at me, crossfade, got it. Uh, and it sounds like no, you're you're doing like production of yeah. like new sounds, new mixes, and that just sounded incredible. Yeah. And, it's and I want you to feel as much like you are at a like DJing for people as possible, which is a very clever and smart thing for them to do. Yeah, DJ Hero definitely felt like they were uh uh attempting to make a game about DJ music, but using the mechanics that they have already figured out before, right? Where this yes. is very much they figured out a game about DJ mechanics. Uh, how that how Nathan's review was very funny. Work. Right. <laughs> Nathan's view was very funny because it kept being like, look, all love to DJ Hero. DJ Hero was fun. I'm not saying it's bad because it did these things, but here are the <laughs> things that weren't right that Fuser gets right. right. And so it does kind of turn into Fuser being, I think, the game a lot of people wanted DJ Hero to be. Yeah. Uh, Patrick. Uh, my uh, game is uh, Astro's Playroom. Um, oh. It's uh, the pack-in for the PS5. So if you get a PS5, you don't got to anything for Astro's Playroom, but um, having played like lots of PlayStation 5 Fuck games it. in the, you know, month and a half since since we first got those machines, um, there's just nothing that better demonstrates like some of the cool uh, technology in the PS5 DualSense. It's also just uh, a tremendous amount of fun to play. I think you could you could strip out the, the, the funky controller technology and Astro's Playroom is just a delight to run around in and it's a good platformer. It's just it's a fun world. Um, it's just really really good. And as someone that really championed the the developers VR game that n nobody played, um, it's just it's been exciting to have everyone else like, oh yeah, like this studio is really fucking talented. It's like Sony's internal Nintendo, and hopefully they're gonna get unleashed on you know uh, more stuff in in the future. Um, but it it was cool um, to see that that kind of get a, a wider audience with Astro's uh, Playroom. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I, I believe in my review of Astro's Playroom, I mentioned at some point that I believed the the curse, the blessing and curse of Astro's Playroom will, will probably be that in five years we'll look back as the best use of the controller. And I <sighs> we're only a month and a half in it's or whatever, so like good. I still feel that's probably going to be true. <laughs> I think well, yeah, this is the one-two switch of this console was, generation. Basically, just showing off a bunch of shit you'll never see in another game ever again. One other game has used it so far, and I think is that this month. Mm. Bug snacks. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. One thing, that, one thing I will say to help explain that, and and bug snacks does not use it particularly well. Um, one thing <laughs> I'll, I'll say to in it's the okay. defense of other developers who have made on PS5 is that. Um, like Astro's Playroom was made both for players and developers to be a demonstration of like how the controller works. Yeah. And that game was not playable on dev kits pre-release. And like, I think that only recently changed. Um, and there wasn't a lot of documentation on like, here's how to use the dual sense. And so a lot of developers <laughs> were flying 
blind. And so now that Astro's Playroom is out, it's essentially like, oh, here, here's how to, here's like here's essentially an SDK that. in a video yeah. game form of like how how to do this. Um, so there's, I, I'm a little more optimistic now that, uh, you know, maybe games in the spring will have a chance to, to use that a, a little bit better. I think Spider-Man also did it. Okay. Yeah. It felt good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Kata, do you pick one? Yeah, so like, you know, I mean, I'm a big Bungie fan. So when the Master Chief yeah. collection came to Xbox Series X, I was all about uh, that. It's, it's Destiny, obviously. This is the month of the Destiny came out. I'm the fucking Beyond Light. I, I was I was seriously not sure. I, I, thought, I, mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I was like, did he get in the Halo Master Chief collection? Rob, am I missing X? something? Who's, whose bid is this? No, the... It, it like, did, did he just technically come out on in November for the Xbox X? <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, Destiny Beyond Light, the best that Destiny's ever been. Still fucking frustrated with some of the parts of that game, but goddamn it, do I love it? I've played too much, too many hours of it to say otherwise at this point. Um, uh, it's uh, you know, it was a great kind of confluence of of a couple of different design decisions of like we're cutting out a lot of stuff so that we can kind of fix the code base that's here and like playing that game you kind of see the way that things work and flow better than before uh did that game a lot of good and then also a new introduction of like better on-ramp like a like actual uh like on-ramp for new players in in like tutorial quests in a starting zone in a starting area but then also the expansion itself the like new mechanics that they've introduced with new supers and the the new area, the new planet that they introduced, Europa, is all just like I've been having the greatest like time since Forsaken uh, came out two years ago with Destiny. Um, and it's like one of those things where they've upped their game as far as storytelling and like the type of stories that the the like core Destiny player base wants. But it like falls just short of being like a really like I can't like lot it a hundred percent on where that story goes. Uh, but I, it's like a step in the right direction as always, which is like, I feel like the thing I say every fucking time a new destiny expansion comes out. Um, but yeah, it's going to be on my list. It's not top because of, because of those qualms I have with, uh, kind of it's destiny, right? It's, it's never going to be ideal. I feel like, but it, they keep, they keep inching towards greatness. Cool. December it is. I know mine already. Do I'm it. I'm opening oh, the floor. Shoot. Any Open volunteers? Wait, are you t- so yours isn't an early month game? Yes, it is. It's okay, not on so, this yeah. list though. Per well, Aspera, which you just turned oh. me on to. Oh, yeah. Okay. We talked about this recently on the pod, so I'll just keep it brief. But like the more I think about it, the more I feel like this is a game that I find very necessary right now. It's a very it's very much a game that takes the it doesn't look at outer space and the signs of outer space and of going to outer space as um, something that does is abstract and not connected to the issues that we currently experience on Earth. It takes a very direct look at the things that we are dealing with on Earth, why that would lead us to go out into space, and how that can complicate our own ability to expand into new worlds and the issues with even using those terms. And I just feel like a if you if you are interested in thinking about those things, you will not be disappointed by this game. I can't wait to play more. I'm Gita. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kato, do you have two this time, or are you still figuring it out? Oh, no. December is, like, short. 
I don't even remember. And it's, it's not even done. It's, it's the current month. So. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't have anything because, like, <laughs> for me, yeah, the only like, thing I played this month month was Cyberpunk, and right. I like I'm not even considering that for like how my end of the year list because, like, I don't know. It's like it's coming in at the buzzer hot, and I need like a fucking minute to think about it, <laughs> and I do not have that minute before I have to lock this list down. So, talk to me in a year about how I actually feel about that game in the end. Yeah, I'm looking at the list, and I I don't have anything from. That's like actually on this list, except to uh, shout out again, Pathless, which I really, truly mm-hmm. enjoyed and loved. And that was the game I basically played in the first part of December. And Pathless still rules. Um, so Pathless good. You know what else is good and wasn't in December, but was in September. So I'm using my slot for that instead. That's uh, fine. You <laughs> Phasmophobia. I'm going to let it slide, Rob. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That That's a good, you know, somebody should have said it. You know. Finally, uh, someone said it. That very popular game is yeah, good. Kato yeah, obvious. It's obvious. Barriers Whatever. on this podcast. That is, I'm Why so would you say something so controversial, yet <laughs> yeah, so brave? So brave. Um, I really enjoyed the, the, the couple of times I was able to play that game back when it came out. Um, it's a really neat, uh, you know, Ghost Hunters. Have you see, ever seen anything like Ghost Hunters TV shows? It is that. But being actually in the shoes of those people and having things actually happen to you is fucking terrifying, let me tell you. Uh, but it's fun because you play with friends, right? Like, it's a it's a cooperative game. You can play it uh, solo, a few levels solo, but it is mostly meant to be played as with four people. So um, you start to get into different roles of, like, who's doing what, and you're always kind of talking to each other over... Um, walkie talkie the great thing that this game does that was really interesting was that it uses voice recognition like you're supposed to use the in-game voice chat to talk to each other and so the further you get away from other people like you have to start using a walkie talkie and it like filters it through the walkie talkie or you could like yell down the hallway and you'll hear your voice your friend's voice echo from far away and it's very spooky and creepy but also because you're hunting for ghosts, ghosts will oftentimes react to you saying their name and to you talking to them and saying certain things. Uh, it was just a really neat use of of voice recognition in that way and super spooky. If you like horror and have a few friends you can convince to play with, it's really worth checking out. Yeah, I'm so mad I've not played this game. Well, I feel like even if I had played a, cu- a couple of rounds, there's like a We need to play this game at some point. Of the year. Just like yeah, the four of us. Why don't we just I grab really it at some point play. and just yeah, do it? Seriously. <laughs> I, Chris Person does Highlight Reel on YouTube and on Patreon. Is uh, He talked up this game so much, like two days before I saw it, like really cross over and like break out with people. Uh, it just seems like such a fun way to. It seems like a, the only way I can play a horror game, which is with someone else on the call with me assuring me that it's okay to be scared. Yeah. There's also, there's even a like built in, like there's a, even a built in role for uh, like, if like you want to like be nice to one person on your team, you can stay in the truck and monitor things like the activity level, look through cameras and like not be actually in the house, which is a very nice kind and of thing. And the truck never gets fucked with. There's no, never the truck like never a gets surprise, fucked with. the monsters in the truck. No, exactly. The person in the truck is, is running support and they're always safe. So like, you know, there's at least the chance for one person or even two if you want to be a little bit shifted to like stay in the truck and uh have a kind of more removed experience but still have fun listening to their friends scream their fucking heads off as they get spooked by shit (laughs) and that's the year wow that's that's 2020 a year unlike any other uh fucking ghost runner came out for the switch this week what 
That seems a while. No, a couple week, couple weeks back, and I looked up some gameplay footage and no, oh. <laughs> like I, I like requested a code to be like, oh, maybe that'll be like the the way that I sneak it in, uh-huh. like with more playing time. And I was like, I looked at like a comparison thing on YouTube and was like. Mm-hmm. Like real also, cyberpunk vibes of like, yep, it's running on this system. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like like uh, even as someone that's not like a frame rate guy, like man, this game w- would seem not great at thirty. Seems like you really want to play at sixty, and it was like it was thirty yeah. on 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 Switch. And um, I also just don't like the analog sticks on the Switch right, all that right. much. Like they're fine, like they they work, but um, like the this game is so twitchy that you would, you really want to have a controller that you feel really comfortable with. And I don't switch. is not that. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, Rob, I, mean, I think you have to do the outro. Yeah, I should pull that up. Uh, uh, well, anyway, that will do it for uh, today's episode of our uh, podcast holiday extravaganza. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Gita, where can people follow you? At XOXO Gossip Gita. Patrick. At Patrick Clubbing. Kato. At A underscore Kato underscore appears. You had to think about it again, didn't you? I mean, you know. Yeah, you did. What Austin is, is at Austin about? underscore Walker. <laughs> uh, our holiday theme music is by Too Mellow. Uh, we'll be back very soon with God, is it the Sorkin cast that we're doing next? Oh my God. Is it the Sorkin cast? It is the Sorkin cast. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, the next time you hear us, we're going to be on our bullshit as we discuss the interesting autumn that Aaron Sorkin had as he, heat checked himself yet again. That's my favorite song uh, from, uh, night in the woods. Uh, so we're going to be discussing the West Wing When We All Vote HBO special and the trial of the Chicago 7. So stick around for that. Uh, it will be a lot of fun for those of us who are weird nerds about p- digging into the works of Aaron Sorkin. And for uh, which those I of us that want to you. hear Rob and Giza turn into the Joker in real time. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> the joker fight cast. <laughs> but until then, uh, you know, fuck capitalism. Enjoy your holidays. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm not going to. Hey, you know what? The, that Bumblebee movie rules. What for that? Yeah. Um, the one with the... Who was that? Yeah, Haley Seinfeld. 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 The B movie. Uh, what's the deal? Yeah, the B movie with Seinfeld. That's what it's, it's that's what we're talking charming. about, right? It's, it's an excellent movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Ready? The...
yeah uh recording time dot is we we get a clap yep mm -hmm. oh, okay clap. let's do three seconds <laughs> wait what? what i was what you... three seconds you said yeah what you wanted us what? to count? No, we're starting over. <laughs> no, okay. at three seconds. At okay. three seconds. But I think Rob counted three seconds. No, I didn't. No. I never clapped because when you guys clapped, it was like at zero. Yeah, same. Oh, yeah. Time. my time dot is, I just refreshed and it was, it. it I left it open from before and it got out of sync. Uh, it just jumped wow. back six seconds. Okay, because I thought I thought Austin was like adding a new wrinkle to the game. Was like, no, 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 no. Three I'm trying to go. All right, so right let's, let's go again. Let's take it 35. Yeah, that seems right. I was in that for doing right. math. I was like, all right, so three seconds, no. that's 58. I'm not in for doing math. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Right, ready? <laughs> oh, I hate math. 